With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in. Welcome here. Welcome, welcome to the That's, that's, that's Good Sports podcast. Just one that's. Uh, I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys the first. Yeah, no, you got it. That's the first. The first of his name and probably the last of his name. Yeah, no, I mean, ideally, once I have a kid years down the road, I want to just like, you know how like NFL players will put senior on the back of their jersey? Yeah. I just want to have a nameplate like on every like jacket or shirt that I wear. It just says Keys Senior. There you go. That would be like uh, you got to make a lot of money and you need to buy like expensive uh, clothing like Gucci and Armani and then all of it (laughs) needs your name across the back of it. That you do you do to it afterwards. It's not custom done by them, but yeah. then you make their expensive clothing shittier by getting Wilkie's senior on the back. Oh yeah. Have you seen those uh they're called Susie's, but they're suit jerseys? <laughs> no. I feel like this would be right up your alley, but it's just like a it's a regular like suit jacket with like the first guy the guy who uh invented them was um Donnie Does from YouTube. I don't know if you've seen his videos. I don't but think he's so. just a big Boston fan. So the first one he got was like a like thirty three bird on the back of a suit jersey, <laughs> or just on the back of a jacket suit. And now he's like expanded them uh, to like all teams and sports. And he's probably making a shit ton of money. Yes, correct. So if anybody's thinking about getting Brandon a you know Christmas gift, just Here saying. Just saying. I want it autographed by uh, somebody, though. You should wear it to uh, any number of Christmas parties, corporate Christmas corporate. parties. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they, they could be in my future. Um, anyway, this is a podcast uh, that you are listening to with your own ears for football and the Denver Broncos. So, Wilkie's and I will spend – Half of this episode on the Broncos, which there's a lot to talk about this week after a huge win against the Steelers. Jeff Hireman uh, getting hurt. Philip Lindsay uh, playing with the flu. And then we've got Broncos Bengals uh, preview. And then NFL news Andy Dalton, Andrew Sandejo, both on IR. Baker Mayfield uh, starting to get hot. Should the Ravens stick with Lamar Jackson? We'll talk some running backs with Chubb. Barkley and Lindsay all playing awesome, amazing football. The shit show that are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, we'll do quick game picks for all the games. So really, <clears throat> really getting into the, the thick of it this season, Will. First, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Oh, it was a tremendous Thanksgiving. Um, I missed just enough of the Lions-Bears game to where I didn't get bored of it too soon. There you go. Because it starts 9.30 my time. Right. Which is, I'd argue, half an hour too early for football, uh, just in my opinion. 
And yeah, um, good, good. Do you think the games weren't great? The games weren't great, but no, it was all right. Uh, yeah, I had them on all day, but I really wasn't able to pay too much attention. Do you think three games on Thanksgiving is too many? No, I think we need more. <laughs> Four games. Yeah, because I'm always, I don't know, for some reason, I always stay up very late on Thanksgiving night. I know this is the opposite for some people after they eat all that turkey, but uh, I, I find myself up until like 1, 2 in the morning, and I wish football was still going. Interesting. Yeah, we get Steelers, Broncos at like 9 p.m. I think that'd be perfect. Second question, how far are you in Red Dead 2? Oh, I beat it. I'm on the epilogue. Oh, my God. I beat, I beat it like a week and a half ago. <laughs> How much time did that take you? Uh, it took me a couple weeks. Okay. I'm 25% through the story. <laughs> well, where are you, like, geographically on the map? Where's the, where's at the, the second? Camp? I'm at the second camp the, where they leave right. the, the one by Valentine and then go to yeah. the one by the lake. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, you got a little ways to go. Yeah, no, I'm a quarter of the way through the game. <laughs> no, you're not actually a quarter of the way through the game. Well, I'm a quarter of the way through the story. Yeah, not really, but yeah. Oh, that sucks. I still have to finish the epilogue, but uh, I got NBA 2K19. That's been taking up some time, even though uh, it's, not, it's not that good. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, when, do, do you remember taking the kid fishing in Red Dead? Yeah, of course. I, hate, I fucking hate that kid. Do you, did you think Got about the worst voice of all time? Do you think about killing the kid just to see what would happen? I mean, I don't think they'd let you do that. Uh, but yeah, I thought about it. Interesting. Of course. I just wanted to see if our head was in the same place. Yeah, no, totally. That's definitely what I thought of during because that mission. Here's the thing. I play the game honorably. I try to do the right thing, Will, because it's yeah, usually easier. It's like, hey, fight this guy or just defuse the situation. I'm always <laughs> yeah. defuse, defuse. <laughs> Smashing X. <laughs> uh, but then I, I had to take that kid fishing, and he was annoying. I was like, what What if I just drowned <laughs> this What if you just drop kick him into the middle of the lake? Okay, I'm getting bored of fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go make a flower necklace for my mom. It's like, shut up, kid. Yeah, I'm going to tear you away from your late 19th century iPad games for a little bit to go fishing and support the goddamn gang for a little bit. Ungrateful little piece of shit. Yeah. Really good. Um, how do we, how do we segue drowning, uh, drowning Jack Marston into the Broncos? I, yeah. I was going to try to try to figure that out as well. Um, we can't. So we'll just start with the Broncos beating the Steelers. Yeah, they beat the Steelers like I wish someone would beat that little ungrateful bastard of a child. There you um, go. <laughs> no, dude, wait, before that, I saw this, like, uh, thing where uh, it was, like, on Instagram, and as somebody, like, hogtied a person and then placed yeah. them under their horse so the horse could shit on the hogtied person. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I used to do going back to the original game is I, I hogtie people and then I just leave them on the train tracks. Mm. which is one of the most like diabolical things you can do, but yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Pretty satisfying. Yeah. Don't do that. If you want good honor, because um, the game is like, no, that's actually a bad thing to do to people. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know why I'm trying to play with honor. Yeah. Just like in real life, just like the Broncos have been playing with honor for the last two weeks. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. 
Nailed it. <clears throat> yeah. So let's talk about that game on Sunday because we haven't really got the chance to recap it. No. And it was a good game. It uh, was. I wanted, well. I wanted to do an emergency podcast uh, Monday. I just didn't have t- the time because I felt there, like there was so much to digest after the Broncos beat the Steelers. Um, it was. What, I guess what was your biggest takeaway from that game? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway and something that's happened the last couple of weeks, coincidentally, both wins, is the Broncos won the turnover battle. And right. not only did they win the turnover battle, uh, they were four to nothing in the takeaway versus giveaway category on Sunday. Uh, and that's, I mean, if you just boil it down to one single element that won them this game, it was the big turnovers because, uh oh, Amazon man's here. Don't worry, I got the Actually, ring doorbell. I can see who's there. It's the FBI. You've been talking about killing kids. <laughs> You say you're gonna drown a video game character? Uh, let's take a look. Let me see. Do I need to go check this out? Let's find out. Yeah, hold on. You carry the podcast, Will. All right. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to That's Good Sports. Um, Brandon Pern is away right now, so this is a one-man show right now. We're gonna be talking about the turnover battle. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. Uh, the Broncos getting four interceptions in the last two weeks. I'm going to start uh, bouncing my pen on this table like I'm David Letterman. Uh, I'm really just buying time until Brandon comes back. Uh, I don't know who's at the door. Uh, I thought it was just an Amazon man because that's usually the only people that come to your door in the middle of the day, at least in my experience. Uh, I'd have to f- imagine that it's the FBI. <laughs> Don't worry, it was just a package I had to sign for. Yeah, uh, you're going to want to cut that out. I went on, I, I know I promised I'd stop, but I went on another racist diatribe again. Again, huh? Yeah, this, uh, well. Well, if I don't listen to it, then I don't have to take responsibility for what you said. This one was pretty bad. <laughs> this one was pretty bad. Okay. Basically, every, every ethnic group. You, you offended every race. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty impressive. Okay, so we, we were talking about Steeler turnovers. Okay, yeah, that that definitely was the difference for the Broncos in that game. Also, it's like it's you know reverse of what we've seen all of the losses late in the game. The other team is making mistakes, yep. and the Broncos aren't. Um, it's crazy because I think the Steelers had two hundred yard, two hundred more yards of offense than the Broncos. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically two touchdowns of full length field of yeah. field. You know what I mean? Well, they got like a fifth of their <clears throat> offense on one single play, which always helps. 96, 97 yard play to yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. Two 97 yard touchdowns this week in the NFL. Oh, really? Kind of crazy. Yeah. You got Lamar the other Mil- one? Lamar Miller oh. with the Texans ran it for 97 uh, yards. That's crazy. Um, who, who, I saw somebody make a joke about like <laughs> – um, we're the Steelers. You pin us. You pin us three yards from the goal line. We got to play for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you put us at the two-yard line. Uh, we have no fucking idea what to do. <laughs> now, T, it would have made a difference. I think uh, Roethlisberger would have got sacked on that play if they were at the two. You know, that would have been a, a yard closer for Shelby Harris to to actually get to. No, him. no, I'm saying at like the Broncos two-yard line, like at the end of the uh, game. Oh, right. Okay. See, they really had no idea what to do. <laughs> no play there. Yeah, that was. Yeah. 
Did they? The I f- guess they ran it one of those plays. It's uh, yeah, they ran it against a really like bad front to run against, which yeah, I think Tony Romo was like saying before the play, and they still ran it. Oh, yes, right. He was like, "This yeah. is it's like they really shouldn't run here." And Roethlisberger t- turns and gives it to James Conner. Yeah, dude, that's why former quarterbacks should always be the guys in the booth talking. I think like mm, their knowledge, their knowledge of the game is just good quarterbacks. Uh, I don't want <laughs> I don't want uh, Mike Glennon up there or Blake Bortles, but um, I think they just see the game differently. So it's like things like that are cool. It's I don't know. I don't know, man. People really seem to love Jason Witten. So, <laughs> yeah, he's doing. He's, people love him. He's doing great. <clears throat> um, after I like when I was making the review for that Broncos Steelers game, and I I knew this during the game, but the, the Broncos got really fucking lucky to win that game. Yeah, they did. Uh, and which is fine because I think they'll beat Cincinnati this week uh, with Andy Dalton going to IR. But the, the Browns game is going to be tough because they play really good football. And I'm still worried about, like, the big plays that the, the defense gives up. They're kind of compensating for making plays, getting turnovers. But, yeah. like, the, the James Conner fumble was not because Bradley Roby hit him so hard. It was because he was flinging the ball up like this and got hit and it shot out of his hands. It was a dumb play by James Conner. Will Parks – uh, stopped the touchdown with an amazing that was a pretty hit. That was a pretty tough play for Will Parks. So I'm going to give him credit for that. I'm not going to call that just like 100% luck. No, no, no. Will Parks uh, – well, Bradley Roby's was – Yeah. Luck. Will Parks – It was a good hit. Will, Will – it was an okay hit. It, was, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't so much a hit as like he Roby got, just got an yeah. arm on his waist. and He could have gotten completely hurtled, so. I'm not trying to uh, – shit on Roby for that play because there's plenty other plays to look at Roby making a mistake. Will Parks made, makes a great play. Like that's a great play by Will Parks, but it was a terrible play by the rest of the defense. And yeah, by doing Stewart got turned all the way around. Oh man. Stewart's struggling. Uh, this yeah. is the worst I've ever seen him play. Um, so it's, you know, and I thought Isaac uh, Yadam did a decent job, but even he got a little lucky when James Washington Dropped a, a wide open pass. That's true. Uh, he he kind of leaped in the air for for no real reason and fell on his back and the, the ball shot out. Um, but I mean that's going to happen every game with any team. You're going to get some lucky breaks, and they had not happened at all for the Broncos. I felt like in all of their losses, and I guess my concern is like I don't know, I don't know whether to buy in and say okay they've kind of turned that corner or. If they don't get those breaks, if they're just going to lose again, you know what I mean? No, I think I think I'm starting to buy in a little bit, just because uh, I think at any other point in this season, or even going back to last season, after that 97 yard touchdown that put the Steelers up 17 to 10, I think I think most teams would have folded after that. Like that's just such a momentum booster for the uh, for the road team, just to shut up a crowd like that after being pinned at your own right. three yard line that I think most teams kind of just, you know, call it a day after that. And I kind of figured that watching the game, I thought that was what they were going to do. And then uh, they get a little three and out, but then they come back. Chris Harris uh, gets the pick. First play off the pick, I think, uh, Case Keenum goes deep to Emmanuel Sanders, which feels like an old-fashioned, like, super aggressive right after a turnover Mike Shanahan call. or kind of like – that's kind of a 
Peyton Manning signature too. But I really like the play calling there, uh, there in the end zone on the the next play. Uh, and then after that, they keep winning the turnover battle. They don't give it away. They get two more turnovers, and um, that was obviously the difference. Yeah, it's you, the the thing I'm not worried about is the the Broncos giving up as a team. Like if the game's close. Uh, and even if they get down a little bit, we've seen resilience from this team, even in their losses. So I like whatever that chemistry is that they have going. Um, if Case Keenum keeps at least just limiting turnovers, like he, he's played a little bit better, but he's eliminated the turnovers, which I think, which I think has made a, uh, a big difference, you know, overall for the oh, team. Yeah, no, it's been huge. Um, but there's still a lot of questions. A lot of them kind of go back to coaching for me, but knowing they have the Bengals this week who are battered, like I think it's easy to expect three wins in a row, which four weeks ago, I don't think any Broncos fan thought was going to happen, you know, especially against the Chargers and Steelers leading into that. So at the very least, like it's just made watching them, exciting and fun again and like I've noticed a huge push like on my channel of people getting excited about the team even like just realistically excited like it's funny when you see people in comments like these are great wins don't know if they can keep it up but I just love watching it or you know some cheesy bullshit like that uh it just makes it it makes it so much more fun to review not barely losing a game (laughs) yeah no it's just I mean, when you think about this team versus the 2017 team, uh, the 2017 team just – once they got down, they are down for good, and they didn't really yeah. make any effort to come back. Uh, all the games that they won, they kind of just, like, got off to a quick start and held on the rest of the way. This team – I don't know. This team's very resilient, and obviously people have been talking about the schedule coming up. They're not going to play a quarterback or an offense uh, as good as Ben Roethlisberger or the Steelers again. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's very reasonable to be, uh, to be realistically excited about where this team's going the rest of the season. I don't know if it's realistic to just automatically expect them to reel off five games in a row after they started three and six, which would actually be seven games in a row. Uh, but five games from here on out. Uh, but looking at the schedule, like it, it's certainly a possibility when you combine that with, you know, how hard that they're playing right now. And just like, just the confidence that beating the Chargers and the Steelers in back-to-back weeks give you, gives you. I think that's huge. And I know you're going to be at the game, the Browns game. Um, but honestly, that game probably gives me the most concern in the the immediate future. Yeah, I'd agree, up until the Chargers game. And I think people are overlooking the Browns. Like, people keep talking about the Broncos have this easy schedule now, and they throw the Browns in there, and I feel like those people haven't been watching the Browns play over the last few weeks. Same way like the Broncos. Like, they're playing much better football. Their offense is producing. Baker Mayfield's playing – been great very good at quarterback they've got a good rookie running back and Nick Chubb as well and their defense uh has playmakers on it you know like the Broncos so that should actually be for you like that turned into a a great game to be at yeah um no I can't wait for that is Uh, that your first Broncos game you'll be at no no I've been to plenty okay I don't know why I thought that it's my first uh 
No, I was going to say, it's my first night game in Denver. Ah. Yeah. I've been to some night games in Oakland, but uh, mostly just after. Is that scary? A little bit. Um, When they're really bad, it doesn't really make a difference because they're just kind of apathetic. Right. Uh, But I haven't been there. Like, if I went in 2016 when they were 12 and 4, it might have been a little different. But you never almost got beat up or You get yelled at. Like if you're watching if you're walking to the to the stadium, like you're gonna get yelled at the whole time, they're gonna do like the Raiders chant. Oh. When they suck, it's just like it's hard for them to hard for them to keep up that, that level of hatred and hostility. Although they kinda got there in twenty fifteen, I think, was the, the closest because they were actually playing pretty well in that game until Chris Harris got that pick six, so yeah, that was a crazy took the game. Whole air out of the stadium, but yeah, they've honestly like uh, I've heard other stadiums are way worse. I think the Raiders kind of get a they get a bad rap. Yeah, I think stadiums I would worry about would be Philadelphia. Yeah, Oakland, probably New England too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm white, so maybe not. Um. <laughs> what are you, you saying? The Boston guys are racist, Will? I would not. Would you though, say that about an entire city, Will? Mm, flipping the script around on me. Mm. Mm, maybe I'm the racist one. Racist against Bostonians. <laughs> it, they feel like they're a race at this point. <laughs> uh, what's the only what? race I hate? <laughs> Bostonians. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so the Broncos did have injuries this week. Jeff yeah. Ironman moved to IR for breaking his right. ribs and bruising his lung. Uh, yeah. It's like, Sounds suck it up, painful. dude. Suck it up, okay? Bruised lung. Yeah. Can this you is imagine? football, dude. This is football. I don't know anybody that doesn't have bruised lungs. That's right. I mean, didn't, isn't that what uh, Deshaun Watson played through and started at quarterback for like two weeks? Yeah. Maybe Jeff Hyman went on IR just because he doesn't want to drive everywhere like Deshaun Watson had to for a while. <laughs> he right. had to go on that bus. Sounds oh. awful. Please, but, uh, please yeah. tell us uh, who the, the tight end they promoted is. Yeah, so they promoted uh, Tamara Hemingway, who was a tight end who was drafted in the sixth round by the Los Angeles Rams in 2016. I don't think he's ever played before. I think they kind of got rid of him immediately. But he's been with the Broncos – since the beginning of October, and they're just promoting him now. Obviously, the guy that they're going to turn to primarily is going to be Matt Lacoste, who had a pretty good game against yeah. the Steelers, caught three passes, uh, and scored his first touchdown. But Lacoste's been quietly like pretty productive for a third tight end coming into the season. He's got 14 catches, uh, 171 yards, and a touchdown. And he's actually got uh, – he's been averaging three more yards per catch than Hireman was. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Up until – Obviously, Hyman left the game on Sunday. So, I mean, I think I'm excited to see what Lacoste does in uh, with more snaps. I don't think he's the blocking tight end that Jeff Hyman is. Uh, but luckily, they've got Brian Parker to, I think, pick up more of the slack. By the way, that, the Steelers did get pretty lucky on that uh, phantom offensive pass interference on Brian Parker. Oh yeah, that was a, that was bull- pretty that was bad. a bullshit call. Like what how did the Broncos get like flagged for two offensive pass interference calls two weeks in a row where the guy did nothing? <laughs> no. Like That's it wasn't even it wasn't even a matter of like the guys fighting and it kind of just they just it looked like the offensive player. It was 
It was Brian Parker was just yeah. running his route, and the defender like comes in behind him, and they fly. I don't know. It was stupid. The worst was that they like convened after the call and still made that call. Whatever though, it's. Oh, I fucking hate. We're moving on. We're moving on. It's water under the bridge. We're <laughs> not here. We're win. not. We're not complaining about the refs, guys, yet. Until now, they... if if the Broncos lost either of those games, though, that oh, would be yeah, be up in arms. Glory. Yeah, but I, hey, this team battles back. So my question for you about Hireman is: Do you think the Broncos are going to re-sign him? Should they re-sign him? Because I think so. The highest tight end salary right now is Jimmy Graham making ten million a year. Is it reasonable for the Broncos to offer Hireman like seven million a year, or go after someone else, draft someone else? What do you? I think? get. I get rid of him. Just assuming that Jake Butt's going to come back healthy, or you get get someone else in addition to him. I probably. I mean, the Broncos are basically cursing tight ends. It's true. <laughs> um, they keep drafting injured tight ends. Hireman <laughs> was an injured tight end. Jake yeah. Butt was an injured tight end. Troy Fumagalli was an injured tight end. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forgot they have Fumagalli coming so back. So they got Butt and Fumagalli coming back. You got yeah. Matt Lacoste, who has played well. And you're going to get a look at another guy now. Um, I would still draft a guy, but I don't think yeah. Hireman has proved – like if they get him for like the league minimum, maybe, but – it might be better for Jeff to just explore options somewhere else. Yeah. It shows – I mean, he's shown, like, when they involve him in the, the passing game, he's a, a pretty good uh, receiving tight end. But uh, it's like the Broncos aren't consistent with it, although Matt Lacoste had a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't do it. I don't think he'd, he's going to be worth what they need to pay him, and I think they got younger guys with – just as much, if not more, potential that will be more cap friendly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think you can rely on Jake Butt necessarily at this point. Obviously, they have no idea what they have in Troy Fumagalli, other than he's still missing a finger. Last time I checked, um, I don't know. I don't know if that counts as uh, being injured coming into the season. No, Probably. will it doesn't. <laughs> but there, okay, so there's some there's some free agents uh, after the season at tight end. So you got a. Uh, I don't know if um, after everything we just said, Tyler uh-huh. Eifert is a good choice, but <laughs> <laughs> nope. I X. think his his foot's still <laughs> like ninety degrees in the wrong way. X. Uh, you got Jared Cook is a free agent after the season. That would, um, that could that could be yeah. smooth move. I don't know. Like he's been probably the best offensive player for the Raiders this season. Uh, but since they're rebuilding, I don't know if they want to offer an older tight end a new yeah. deal that's going to be more expensive than his current one. I would say uh, I would take a flyer on Cook. Yeah. Uh, you got Demetrius Harris from the Chiefs. No, I don't trust guys named Demetrius. Fair. Um, and then you got uh, Jesse James from the Steelers. I don't know if you can trust a man named Jesse James. Yeah. Or uh, the shit. coward Robert Ford who shot him. <laughs> I love That's one of my favorite movie soundtracks. Yeah, um, it's a good one. Nick Cave did that. Uh, let's see. Jesse James, I would take only because I think. Such a, a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> he's a decent, he's a good blocking tight end, I believe. And he's already used to not getting a lot of targets. Yeah. So, uh, you see I, don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll leave Pittsburgh, though. Um, I don't know what that, but I would go with, I would. Cook would be one, 
And then I think Jesse James would be second on my list. But honestly, I fig I would I would look to the draft before even signing one of those guys. Fair. Nothing for Eifert? Fuck no. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, all right, so we can move on. So something that didn't come out during the game, but a couple days after, is that – so Philip Lindsay had hit probably probably his best game uh, in the NFL so far, I think, just the way he took it over. Had his yeah. most uh, had the most rushing yards he's had this season. Uh, he rushed for 110 yards and that touchdown, the game-winning touchdown, uh, and it all happened – while he was sick with a 24-hour flu bug. Uh, so he said after the game, I don't really pay too much attention to trying to be the macho man. It's just something that happened. I knew I was going to play regardless, so I didn't bring any attention to that. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Philip Lindsay, 110 yards, t- uh, game-winning touchdown with the flu. Michael Jordan in the 1997 finals against the Jazz. 38 points. Seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, one block. Who's got the more impressive flu game? <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually, I'm actually going to say neither. I'm going to say I have the most impressive flu game. Two Possibly. weeks ago, yeah, maybe sick, sick as a dog. How many uploads did I miss? Zero. Got every single video up that week. Monday, sick. Tuesday, sick. Wednesday, sick. Thursday, finally starting to feel a little better. Got four videos up. I don't think either of those guys could do what I do, and I'm pretty sure I could be a running back in the NFL or at least I couldn't play basketball. I couldn't do that. Oh, no, you could come off the bench at least. You could be like a 3 and D guy, I think. I'm a pretty good passer. I'm a, I would be a good facilitator. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, if you shave the beard, you could be like John Stockton basically money <laughs> that's that's a great that's great for him that's a little hezzy yeah. jumper little hezzy <laughs> jumper. perfect um uh, there's been rumors that michael jordan wasn't actually sick with the flu he was just really really hung over and he threatened uh nbc to just like report that <laughs> he like he had the flu yeah he put a gun to jim gray's head he's like you're gonna tell people i have the flu today yeah, I, so I that one came back at 4 a.m. drunk as shit last night. Yeah, knowing how like uh, crazy Michael Jordan is, that I don't, I don't, I believe that. I believe yeah. that story. No, absolutely. So I'm going to Philip Lindsay, obviously. Yeah, we'll give Philip the uh, the credit. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked about it. Got the Bengals this week. Oh yeah, uh, big news, big big news on the injury front for Cincinnati. Uh, Andy Dalton is on IR. He broke his thumb on his throwing hand, or he fractured it, something like that. Who cares? What's the difference? Uh, but he's injured this thumb twice now to end oh, really? the season. Uh, he did it in 2015 when he was having the best season of his career. And we got A.J. McCarron. We got A.J. McCarron. Uh, this time he's hurt again. That'll give us Jeff Driscoll. That's crazy. Did that? Did his last injury, did that happen um, the week before the Broncos game? Or was it like the week, was it two weeks before? It was close, right? I, th- I think it might have been the week before. Uh, I, yeah. So what I do we know? What do we know about 2015? The Broncos beat the Bengals team, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl. They beat them late in the season. It could happen again. It could. 
And just like 2015, I thought the Broncos season was fucking over the minute Peyton Manning got benched. I was like, it's all down. It's we're done. We are <laughs> we are screwed. And then they they surprised me. So maybe, maybe it happens again. Well, Jeff Driscoll's got some help because every t- by the way, every time I, I hear the name Jeff Driscoll, I think of Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> oh yeah. Goddamn O'Driscolls. O'Driscolls. You got to watch uh, out for the O'Driscolls. That's the, why it sounded so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got – he's got A.J. Green coming back, so that helps. It feels like A.J. Green scores a touchdown against the Broncos at least once a year. Yeah, A.J. Green, he's just really good. Yeah, uh, like he scored touchdowns against Champ Bailey, uh, Akeem Tlaib, basically everybody. He's yeah. like, no matter who the Broncos' best corner is, he kind of finds a way to exploit them. Uh, but the Broncos are two and two in their last four games against Cincinnati. It felt like the Broncos had their number for roughly eight years, stretching back from like, remember that 2006 game uh, in the snow with Jay Cutler, where the ball went through the uh, the holder's hands on that extra point that would have tied the game. Oh, vaguely. It was like a Christmas Eve game, uh, but that was one of the most fun games I can remember for a while. And they've had some. They've had some pretty good games since then. Obviously, the Brandon Stokely game, which yeah, everybody will remember. Yeah, to, to start the season back in two thousand nine. I was watching that alone in a bar in San Diego. <sighs> that was. I hope the sound was on because that's the best Gus Johnson call maybe ever. I think it was. It had to be. You could probably hear just Gus Johnson just from the stadium if you like stepped outside. <laughs> Man's the best. Uh, but yeah, they lost last year versus Cincinnati. That was kind of the Broncos had given up, I think, by that time. Yeah, the Bengals think, weren't particularly good either. No, I think. I mean, look, anything can happen with a Jeff Driscoll coming in. Uh, I th- obviously think it favors the Broncos. The Bengals are not a good team. Defensively, they're not a good team. Um, if they, I think if they do beat Denver, it will be because they run the ball effectively with Joe Mixon, um, which, like, if I'm the Bengals, my game plan is get Joe Mixon the ball as much as possible with yeah. uh, a guy coming in to spell our starting quarterback. Um but I have to I have to buy into the momentum the Broncos have created, the caliber of competition they've playing they've been playing against. I'll be concerned if the Broncos well, if they lose the game, obviously, but if they win this game and it's just like Sandy or the fucking Los Angeles and Pittsburgh, where it's a close game in the final five minutes. The Broncos should beat the Bengals yeah, by two should. touchdowns. And I feel like we should feel confident in a victory halfway through the fourth quarter. That's really what I want to see from the Broncos. Uh, they need to get Philip Lindsay the ball a little more if they can. Um, I want to see more from Cortland Sutton. He's been surprisingly quiet, I think, since DT left, who, got, who had two touchdowns the other night. That's true. Uh, which was nice to see. Um, and I'll be curious – to see, I mean, I'm guessing they'll put they'll just put Chris Harris on AJ Green. He did a great job in, on Antonio Brown. Yeah, he did. And but the the bang, that's the thing. And Joe Mixon, the Bengals have good receivers though. AJ Green, Tyler Boyd's dangerous. Um, yeah, and you have to like I don't know if John Ross is a great receiver, but you 
definitely have to be aware of him. He's a mismatch for the Broncos secondary, yeah. I think, who have struggled against fast receivers, and he's one of the fucking mm-hmm. fastest in the game. Yeah, could give up back-to-back 97-yard touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. No, you, so, you definitely have to be careful. Yeah, I guess my concern would be getting in to a shootout with Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> that wouldn't be a great sign. No. But we'll see. I think the Broncos are going to – I think they're going to dominate that game. That's how I feel going into it. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be closer than we would like. But It is a a road game, right? A win is a win on the road. It's it's a road game. Road game. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, it's in the morning slot. So that's never been (laughs) – that's never been a a good thing for the Broncos going back to – that Jets game early in the season, the Ravens game earlier in the season. Yeah. So not um, schedule wise, not fantastic. I think they're playing with way more confidence than they were at that point, though. So that always helps. You know uh, why I'm? I feel mostly good about this game. Why? Just because they have Hugh Jackson on their roster. <laughs> that was so funny. That was uh, when Demarius Randall picked that ball off and just. Went right to the Bengals sideline and handed the ball to Hugh Jackson. There was like a delay on his face where he's like, oh, this is nice of him to give me that ball. He's like, wait a second. That was actually an insult. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to be mad about this. Yeah. Except it's going to be like 15 seconds too late for anybody to see it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll start the NFL uh, talk with that. Who are you going to – are you going to take the Broncos? Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. I'm going to take the Broncos as well. Will and I will have the uh, Broncos Bengals prediction episode up on Friday on my main channel. Yes, sir. So check that out. Um, with continuing with the Bengals and Browns, now we're on full on to NFL. Yeah. Um, I okay, because one thing that happened was Baker Mayfield uh, kind of refused to hug Hugh Jackson after the game, and then he basically aired his grievances in the press conference saying he basically like he felt betrayed by Hugh Jackson uh, who ditched, you know, he got fired, but then he went over to a, a, a in-division rival. And I just, I'm starting to get the impression that Hugh Jackson is a shittier coach than even his record suggested. And I yeah. heard Deion Sanders kind of criticize Baker Mayfield you know, Hugh Jackson, he's a grown man. He went and took a job somewhere else. You don't need to get so bent out of shape about, you know, the Deion Sanders take, which I'm surprised he sided with Hugh Jackson in this scenario. Yeah. But uh, are you – like, if you're an NFL GM, and I know Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson are friends, but do you bring a guy like Hugh Jackson into your, your team that's already kind of struggling? Like, I don't see how that makes – the Bengals any better I don't know what yeah I mean bring them I don't have a problem with them just like giving him some cushy job for the rest of the season just because they are friends and I don't know Hugh Jackson's looking for a job Hugh Jackson like he's had a tough year by the way like the year started with uh like a sibling and his mom dying in like the span of a week uh right when training camp was gonna happen so yeah and I think that's like how that kind of put him out of sorts for a while. That, that And I think that had a lot of people rooting for Hugh Jackson too. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I think every, like I was like, oh man, this guy, like there's a, a story here to root for. There's, uh, you know, maybe now he finally has the quarterback, 
but I'm st- it's starting to look like he seems like a good dude, but he also seems just like a really bad person to be in charge. Yeah, he he seems like because he's always been a pretty good offensive coordinator wherever he's went. Right. Uh, good enough to get him two different head coaching jobs. He just doesn't seem like he knows what to do uh, on like the the leadership ego level of it. management yeah. leadership side of coaching which is pretty big when you've got 53 guys uh, from any given week to, to basically uh, be in charge of. Uh, not an easy job. Uh, some people do it better than others. But I think what Baker Mayfield's problem with Hugh Jackson was, uh, obviously not getting fired. I don't, think you can have, I don't think you can fault him for taking a job with the Bengals just because he's been there before. Uh, and I don't know, like Deion Sanders said, like – can't fault a man for taking a job when he's unemployed uh other than that though like i think because he did that media circuit for a while while in between the two jobs and he was his thesis was basically like on first take and all these places all these take shows was that like it just wasn't his fault right. and obviously we know baker mayfield watches all of that shit all the <laughs> all that shit on espn because like he'll comment on first takes instagram yeah, and like Colin Cowherd, obviously he pays attention to, so he definitely got word of that, and I think that pissed him off. Between like after that and then going to the Bengals, I could see how he could be upset. Yeah, no, I mean I I, I understand like all sides of that. Um, what I what I do like is seeing your your quarterback feisty like Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and so uh, do you think he has the perfect amount of cockiness, Will? Yeah, I think he's. I think because he's I know good in that department. I know, like I feel like you kind of are borderline on whether you like the shit talking or not. Uh, yeah, well, like, I, I love Jalen Ramsey, and I love it even more when he has to eat the the shitty talks. Like that's part of why I like <laughs> guys getting cocky. I'm like, this is either going to be great for them or it's going to be terrible. Yeah, but you don't want that. Play. You don't want that on your team, though. Like I know you like that from an entertainment standpoint, but like you wouldn't be happy if like Chris Harris before the season was calling you know, different quarterbacks trash and then they unload well, the regular season. That's where you're wrong, Will. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 the, the, the Broncos fan in me probably wouldn't like it, but correct. now that like knowing that people would want to hear about it and I could talk about it, like I love that shit. So it's, it's kind of like change. It's evolved for me since I've been yeah. thrown myself into like trying to cover that stuff on a regular basis. But uh, the the thing that you like about Baker Mayfield is, and about anybody who does this, is they're playing well while while they do it. If you exactly. suck on the field, then it, it looks stupid. But <laughs> if you're throwing, you know, a bunch of touchdowns and hardly in any interceptions and getting wins, then you're like, looks pretty good. And it's like the competitive. I feel like the competitive spirit that's been missing from the quarterback position for the Browns yeah. too. It's like so. I was trying to think about like because I know Baker falls like somewhere. Uh, towards the cockiness side on the spectrum of quarterback confidence, but not too far. I was trying to think about what the – I was trying to think about, like, what the spectrum is. Like, I know uh, on one side you've got Johnny Manziel, and then I don't know who's, like, the opposite of that, like Kyle Orton, the guy who's just, like, so – Josh McCown, Kyle Orton. (laughs) I even feel like McCown's, like, got, like, enough quiet confidence. I don't know, like – (laughs) <laughs> Sean Hill, someone that's like just like, not boisterous whatsoever. Yeah, let's see. Oh, man, that's a good question. 
like you wouldn't even say Tebow because like Tebow is definitely not cocky, but he's like got he's got like some like he's got the most confidence. Like he knows yeah. God has confidence in him. Yeah, he has so much confidence. He failed to realize he couldn't throw. Yeah, ex- no, yeah, he got to the NFL basically on confidence alone. He's like, I'm just gonna make Aaron. these. I'm gonna keep making these muscles bigger. The rest yeah. is figuring itself <laughs> yeah. out. Perfect. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Blake Tim Couch maybe. Tim Couch. <laughs> maybe for Browns quarterbacks. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I, I just like. Com- quarterbacks with no confidence they just don't really come around very often <laughs> no <laughs> i was one i was one of those quarterbacks mm-hmm. yeah that's why it's, it's that's hard why to play f- if you're scared every snap <laughs> that's why they forced you out of the league back in that six everybody you know remembers. you yeah. know so i didn't cut it that's why they cut you that's why i stopped growing you know mm-hmm. it's fear took me over <laughs> yes please stop please stop i don't want to be six three um, um so we got yeah. I mean, I like Baker. Uh, I didn't really love him before the draft, just because I don't know. I don't really know why. Uh, I started I to like him through the the whole like off season process. I started to kind of pay yeah. attention to what he was saying and how he was handling like things that he said that got taken out of context, and then continued to just be himself and say shit. Uh, and I think my concern was that his athletic ability looked better on the college stage than it would in the NFL. Um, Just still true because he's not like running around and making plays. He's scrambling, but he's not like ripping off like big runs and things. He's He's not making the plays in college, but like he's adapting really well. Yeah. And he, he's like, just, he's one of those quarterbacks that he has a feel for the pocket And he knows when to move and when to extend plays. Like, that's what impresses me when I watch him. I'm like, shit, this guy just – he has that timer in him, that fucking, like, Aaron Rodgers sort of thing where you're like, how does he know that the pressure behind him is breaking down? And it's – we've seen the opposite of it with Case Keenum, you know, quite a bit. Uh, One thing we didn't mention is how well the Broncos' offensive line has been playing the last two weeks with Lindsey getting, like, his 100-plus yards – and it's a, a ragtag group of, of guys. So, again, the Broncos offensive line playing well. One um, sack in the last two weeks. Pretty good. Yeah, that's very good. And that's also on Keenum, too. I think getting rid of the ball a little more quickly yeah. in situations. So, everybody's playing a little better. But with the rookie quarterbacks, you know, you've got Mayfield. You've got Rosen, Darnold, Lamar Jackson. Um and I feel like Baker and Josh Allen too, but I feel yeah. like Baker Mayfield's pay, he's playing better than all of those guys right now. No, I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, Darnold got off to the best start I think of anybody, uh, but no, Mayfield uh, he's been much much better without Hugh Jackson, which is interesting because Hugh Jackson's supposed to be this quarterback whisperer, uh, offensive guru, the guy who coached Andy Dalton to his best season in the NFL type of coach. And now Greg Williams takes over, who's a defensive guy. Obviously, they get rid of Todd Haley. Maybe that was the problem. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens is the new offensive coordinator. Uh, all of a sudden, Baker's playing really, really well. And maybe it's just a comfort level, too, because – Yeah, it's probably a, a mix a lot of all those things. It. Yeah, they were competitive uh, against the Chiefs in a loss. <clears throat> they beat – who they beat two weeks ago? Um, Either way, they beat the Bengals on the road last week, which – I don't think they've beaten an AFC North team on the road in f- for fucking ever. So that's a that's a big leap for the Browns, and that's another reason why uh, that they're not a team to overlook for the Broncos whatsoever. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, they lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Chiefs. And then they beat the Falcons. And then they beat the Bengals. Right, 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 right. Pretty good. I mean, not like uh, juggernauts this season, but those are games they wouldn't have won, I don't think, early in the season. No. Um, Especially last year or the year before. It's – I mean, so looking back at the draft, like the Bengals look like they took – sorry, the Browns look like they took the right guy with the number one overall pick. Yeah. Uh, and the right guy with the number four. four. <laughs> right. Um, Although, I don't – I mean, it's a, it just depends. Like, because Chubb and Denzel Ward have both been really good. depends, like, do you value a corner or a pass rusher more at that spot? Which I could see an argument either way. Yeah. But, I mean, they – with, with the, I feel like the, the Browns have enough pass rushers, too. Like, they've got Miles Garrett. They've got – well, I guess that's all I know. Ogan Joby. Ogan Joby, that's right. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. I talked about him a lot earlier this season, and then I forgot about him. Um, How do you forget? But they, I mean, they took the other Chubb. They got Nick Chubb. So it's really pretty good. Pretty they, good. They, they were halfway there. I, yeah. Okay. One thing I want to give the Browns credit for their front office is getting rid of Carlos Hyde uh, and giving Chubb yeah. a big workload later because, like, if you're going to draft a guy in the second round, uh, you might as well like see what he can have, see what he has early in his career. Because like giving, I don't know, Carlos Hyde's definitely not the future at running back for them. I don't think he's the future for running back uh, in Jacksonville either. But you draft this guy high, you might as well see what he can do as a runner and a receiver. And he's playing really, really well right now. He's up there with, uh, I think he's the third best rookie running back this year, behind Saquon, Philip Lindsay, uh, and then he's uh, right behind them. At number yeah. Three. I know. I think you're right. I, I think he's he's starting to to figure it out as well. I think Carlos Hyde is the future in Jacksonville for this week, though. Well, this is true. You'll um, get no argument from me. Uh, no, Nick. Yeah, Nick Chubb. I think like you look at the the two guys behind Lindsey and Barkley, or that are having good years. You know, as a rookie running back, it's Chubb and Carry On Johnson. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb, I think, is impressive because. He does, the, he does the two things well. He rushes the ball and he catches passes out of the backfield really well, too. And the one thing I wish the Broncos would do is involve Phillip Lindsay in the passing game more. It's something uh, the Giants have thrown the ball 87 times to Saquon <laughs> at him this year. Yeah. He has like 81 receptions or something, which is insane. Yeah, I think he's got um, like 79 right now through uh, 11 games. Yeah, so it's, it's that crazy. like I wish I would because I think Philip Lindsay could cause a lot more damage if he got two or three more targets in the passing game every week. So, yeah, okay. So I've got a question for you regarding Lindsay versus so obviously the Giants uh they're like, all right, we drafted Saquon number two. Mm-hmm. We're gonna use the fuck out of him. We're gonna give him like whatever, four hundred touches plus this season. Uh that might be conservative too. But the Broncos, like, obviously, Philip Lindsay's averaging way more per, uh, per carry than basically anybody uh, in the NFL this year, including Saquon Barkley. But the Broncos are only giving him the ball, like, 10, 11, 12 times a game. And, like, I can see both sides of this argument yeah. because he's not a big guy and you wouldn't give him the carries that uh, you'd give a guy like Saquon Barkley just because he's got a different build. But at the same point, when you're trying to make the playoffs and he's clearly your best player on offense, 
uh, I could see the argument where it's like you have to give that guy the ball 20 times a game. Yeah, it's – I think a good example for getting Lindsey more touches, and not that this player gets more rushing touches in a game, but he definitely gets more passing targets, is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, to me, they're, they're, they're similar in that they're undersized guys for running backs. Um, people had questions about how they would hold up in the NFL. But, like, right now, if you look at what, how the, the Panthers are using Christian McCaffrey, like, he's getting a ton of uh, – the ball's in his hand a lot every game. And I think, I think one thing you see with Phillip Lindsay is he doesn't take a ton of big hits – uh, I think he's fast and elusive enough where I'm not sure it matters. I, like, I don't know how – it's hard because you, you involve anybody more as a, a receiving target or ball carrier. The probability of them getting injured or something's going to go up. Yeah. But I don't think you can worry about that with your running backs. If you look at like all of the good teams use the shit out of their running backs. And I think – you're doing your offense a disservice by not at least trying to get Philip Lindsay involved in a, like five more carries or passes a game. You don't have to increase yeah. it a ton, but if you if you up his like 14 or 15 carries a game to say 18 and two more passing targets with him, That's that might gradual, be a difference yeah. of 60 offensive yards or you know an extra touchdown. So I yeah. think Christian McCaffrey is a really good example and like a case study of why like big word they can they can last uh and be still healthy you know through the season um i wouldn't necessarily be running him through the tackles like that but here's the thing about philip Lindsay, and what's weird is like uh i was talking to my buddy about this on the phone and then i heard like uh some like professional analysts say the same thing as me and I don't look at myself, obviously, as a professional. But when I hit stuff like that, it really just it gives me confidence. And it's that Lindsey gets through the holes so quick sometimes that linebackers can't get there fast enough to fill their gaps, right? Yeah, they also can't see him behind the offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. And uh, the next-gen stats uh, tracked him as having, like, the fastest run this yeah. season. it was, like, I 22 miles per hour. They, they dropped it down a little bit. Uh, to like 21 point something they said he accelerated to that speed after he got hit out of bounds so they didn't count it um but like if he's running 20 if he, he can run 22 miles an hour like he's just as fast as you know Tyree Kill or yeah. whoever and Tyree Kill's another good example of a guy who's small and you could worry about him getting injured or you could just fucking destroy defenses with him which <laughs> do I want destroying defenses I don't know like maybe uh I don't want to make any judgment at this point in the season because maybe this has kind of been the plan all along since he knew he was going to be good is like ramp up his carries towards the end of the season uh, yeah, no, rather than giving him a ton of carries and then him getting hurt or fatigued or whatever uh, for a stretch run. And maybe this will just kind of be like, uh, uh, I don't know, like – revisionist history that now they give him more carries now that they realize he's really good and they're in the middle of a playoff run. It's yeah. a good way to frame it for the Broncos, but I want to see them just run the ball more in general. Like I'd like to see if you're not going to give Lindsay those touches, like give, give Freeman, Freeman some more, yeah, more touches because he only had like three or four carries, I think. 
uh, yeah, against the Steelers. I, and he's, he seems like a guy that needs a few more. I agree. He's not catching passes, really. And I, I think you could I think you could have offensive formations where Freeman and Lindsey are in the backfield. Yeah, I agree. Like, you like I, the the shotgun with a uh, yeah. running back on either side. You know, you, you that means you're you you have a threat to run it to the left or to the right or sneak one of those guys out there and dump them off the ball like Yeah. I and if Lindsey gets more carries, you you would probably see his average per carry drop a little bit. Um you know, because if you get more carries, you're going to get tackled more and probably, you know, stuffed a little more. So there's the, the argument, like, maybe part of the reason he's so explosive it's is they don't give yeah. him that much. But, it, I mean, it's hard to say. It's like Saquon Barkley's, you know, half of the Giants' offense now. And I think you'll see Nick Chubb getting more involved with, with the Browns as they get better. So maybe we'll see the same thing with Phillip Lindsay. Um, I mean – we can transition to talking about should the Ravens stick with Lamar Jackson. Uh, his carries went way down from his first performance as a quarterback. But yeah, what do you have, like 27 his first? Yeah, first week <laughs> was 27. Week. Like, this is probably not sustainable. I don't know. And then, uh, you know, he's 2-0 and with the Ravens now. And true. they have a question. It's uh, now they're saying Joe Flacco needs a week of practice before he should be ready to return. So they're Lamar, delaying. They're which delaying. Is, is is bullshit, man. For no. a veteran quarterback. He's, yeah, he's been in that offense for a gazillion years. It's a nice way of saying you're we probably just, losing yeah. your job. We're delaying the announcement uh, for, like, you know, the time being at least. Because how many weeks did Aaron Rodgers not practice and then he would just play in the game with his knee this year? Like, if yeah. Tom Brady has an injury, he does like – and I'm not saying Flacco's as good as those guys, but at that level of experience, you don't need your fucking practice reps. <laughs> No, I don't think so. But, I mean, you could because you could make the case either way for this one, too. Because, obviously, Lamar Jackson's the guy they want to start at quarterback in Baltimore by next season. Right. Uh, so, at this point, like, regardless, like, you've probably got a better chance of making it to the playoffs with Flacco this year. And they're 6-5 and five right now. Uh, at the same time, though, Lamar Jackson's won two games. Like, granted – he played the Raiders last week, so yeah, <laughs> uh, not a lot to see there. But no, but he beat him the way you should beat the Raiders. It wasn't, right. a, you know, it was close early, and then they ran away with it. Yeah, he made a couple big plays. He made a nice touch pass to to Mark Andrews for like a seventy yard gain. But he also threw two pretty bad picks. Uh, that one in the side, like that one uh, on the left sideline of the end zone that Marcus Gilchrist picked off was just. Not a good decision either. The guy was covered. Like, yeah. He was blanketed. But that was an, that was an impressive uh, interception by Gilchrist. It, true, it was. Um, but I think one of the big reasons the, Ra- or the Ravens have won the last two weeks is Gus Edwards. He's come out of nowhere, and he's had back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. I didn't know who Gus Edwards was. I still don't know who Gus Edwards is. It's the first uh, time I've heard his name. He, <laughs> I know he's going to – be called Gus the bus pretty soon yes, if he keeps doing this yes. uh, but I don't know because like it kind of begs the question like do you attribute it, the team's success to a rookie quarterback's success yeah and do you is uh, Gus the bus having success because Lamar right. Jackson is a huge threat as a runner as well correct uh, 
but is it fair to give Joe Flacco a shot with a good running back? Like, yeah, the one thing he has not had like the last two or three seasons is a reliable run game. Um, yeah, it's like, and you can make the argument too, like, well, the team's been playing so well over the last couple of weeks. What if they had a quarterback who was playing well too? Right, and, and they suddenly it. they could be this juggernaut at the end of the season. I feel like their defense has been coming together. So yep. I don't know if I'm a coach. I'm probably, I mean, if I'm John Harbaugh, I'm probably loyal to Joe Flacco because we've been together so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like Harbaugh is going to be there next year, although if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs and they're winning with Lamar, like maybe yeah, you just see you go, he, it's a, enough of a change. We don't need to get rid of our yeah. head coach. But if I'm Harbaugh, I would want to start Flacco as soon as I could as a loyalty thing. But, yeah, I would too. Um, that'll be interesting to watch. We obviously now have to kind of start rooting for the Ravens to lose as Broncos fans. Yeah. We have to root against the Ravens, which I'm fine with. I don't I've never liked the Ravens. No, after they beat us Uh, in the playoffs, they were dead to me. No. Um, also we have to root against the Colts, which I don't like because I like the Colts this year, but yeah, I'll be pulling for them, but, uh, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? Okay, before we get into the game picks, I wanted to just talk about the shit show that's happening in Jacksonville. <laughs> this is a crazy week, okay? They bench their starting quarterback in Blake yep. Bortles. Leonard Fournette gets suspended. And then they fire their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. Which, two things here, Will. Two things I have to discuss. Nathaniel Hackett sounds like a character uh, from like classic literature. And uh, Tamaric Hemingway... Sounds like a writer, obviously. Yeah. Uh, which one of these guys sound has more uh, makes you think of literature more? Uh, obviously, uh, Hemingway is pretty obvious. Um, everybody knows the author, uh, John Hemingway, of course, famous author, wrote many books. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Uh, <laughs> well, John Hemingway. We yeah. Know. We know. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett for me, not only does it sound like Nathaniel Hawthorne from The Crucible, but it sounds like the book Hatchet from uh, yes. Gary Paulson. <laughs> you know how many times I read that book? Twice. Probably. I've never read any yeah, book more than once. I think everybody read that book in like fifth grade. I know I did. Yeah, that was like the first book I think I read, and I was like, fuck, this was, I like reading. Yeah, this book's pretty sick, dude. Then I read The River and yep, whatever the, the other one was. The Island. Yeah, some bullshit. Gun, I think, was one. Did we already talk about this before? I don't think so. I've had this conversation. I just, I'm starting to get to that age where I don't remember what I said. Uh, And this is a note for you, Will. (laughs) If I start talking about something that I've already fucking talked about on the podcast, please stop me. Do not let me go on and do not entertain me or spare my feelings. Just say you have already said this. (laughs) I'll never spare your feelings. Good, because I feel like uh, I, I, I do that. Um, but anyway, my, my question here is like, okay, Nathaniel Hackett got two playoff wins with, with Blake Bortles, okay? This year, Blake Bortles has been bad. He's been the reason the offense has struggled. Do you support firing the offensive coordinator after you make that change with your quarterback? Or? Yeah, it feels like it's got to be one or the other because like yeah. if Bortles has been playing so badly, then like you have to give your – offensive coordinator a chance with you know another quarterback who's their backup um cody kessler yeah you get not that he's gonna do better with cody kessler but i'm not sure that's fair to the the offensive coordinator 
uh, I just thought that move was weird. It was strange because, like, well, maybe you give Bortles a chance with the new offense coordinator or you just give the offense coordinator a chance without Bortles. Right. Uh, I mean, you have to be high on whoever they promote within, right? Like, Right. Uh, it, it seems like um, like if something changes and something gets better, you're not going to know if it was the result of changing the quarterback or the offense coordinator. Yeah. But I guess if the offense gets better, which I don't think it's going to without Leonard Fournette and with <laughs> Cody Kessler – um, That's a I lot of change. To yeah, I think you'd take that with as a Jaguars fan. If something gets better, I don't think you'd be like uh, really investigating what they did right and what they did wrong to get there. Uh, but I don't know. I'm bummed out about Blake Bortles. I just like Blake Bortles, the individual. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody's rooting against him. It's just like uh, he's just he hasn't been good this year. Like he he played so well within the offense, and I think part of it is like he knows how to play. Uh, with a lead versus they've been down a lot this year. Like the yeah. defense just hasn't been as good and the offense is not effective when they're trying to come back in games. And you could say, well, maybe you should make an offense uh, that's built to come from behind instead of an offense that can only play with the lead, which I hear that criticism. Uh, on the other hand, like he's just a, he's a quarterback that plays well uh, in that type of system. And with like a defense and run first philosophy, uh, obviously you could upgrade him, but, that wasn't really an option for the Jaguars the last two years. You could argue that they could have tried to trade for Teddy Bridgewater, but I think that's kind of a stretch when Blake Bortles took you to the AFC championship, and especially because he played well in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious to see what they do in the off season because their off season basically begins now and they're looking for a quarterback starting now. I mean, I'm curious to see. They they could be a suitor or they could be a suitor for a guy like Joe Flacco if he becomes available. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, you know, it, it, Blake Bortles and that offense works when Leonard Fournette is playing well, and if he's out of the game or gets ejected <laughs> mid-game, like you could see a difference immediately. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of issues for Jacksonville to solve. It sucks to see that defense get wasted. Uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, thought they were going to be competitive again and were excited to watch that defense. Uh, But it's not great. Not looking great for the Jags. They got to – I think that, you know, they got to draft and add a few offensive pieces at work and maybe they can get back into it. In in classic Jaguar fashion, uh, they need a quarterback the year that there's not a lot of good quarterback options. There we go. Um, Okay, we'll go through these game picks as fast as possible because we are definitely running long. Um, You were 12-2 last week. I was 12-2? Yeah. I was only nine and five. What um, did I? What games did I miss on? Did I pick Tennessee? No, I went with the Texans, right? Let me uh, consult my notes here, really quick. Did I pick the Jags over the Bills? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, you picked. Yeah, you picked the Jags, and you picked the Panthers as well. Oh, that was probably one of the better games of the week. Yeah, that could have gone either way. Uh, I picked the Lions, very dumb. Uh, I also picked the Bengals, extremely dumb. The Giants, could have won. Carolina, like, could have gone either way. Packers and Titans. I don't know why I took the Titans. Yeah, I picked against the Packers? 
Yeah, you picked Minnesota. Ah, smart. I picked with my brain last week. Oh, not me. Uh, so, first game, Thursday night. Uh, might have already happened by now. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening. Saints at Cowboys. This is suddenly a pretty good game. One of the best games of the week because yeah. now we get to see whether or not the Cowboys are for real. Um. Oh, you know what sucks is like I talked a lot of shit about Amari Cooper last week and saying like yeah. he like everybody's crediting him for the offensive success when it's like just Ezekiel Elliott's playing really well. He's getting all the care. And then he well, just turns out he goes, had like 180 yards. <laughs> goes off on Thanksgiving. Um so good for him. I'm gonna pick the Saints here. I don't think Dallas's defense can slow them down enough. I'm excited to watch this game mostly because I want to see Dallas not be as good as they they've looked recently. Uh, but if they are, if they are good, then that's fine too. But yeah, so. I, uh, for me, I think, I think the saints are going to lose a game before the playoffs. Ooh, this is a good one. Short week, but the saints just, are at home. No, this is no, they're a, on the road. No, it's a really good week to pick the saints to lose. I just, uh man yeah i'll take the cowboys i'll do it i feel like this is, this is like a game that dallas wins like once a year is they like upset someone who's been like, fine. really really hot um i don't need to explain myself to you i'm picking nope. the cowboys nope ravens at falcons one feels uh, like i gotta i guess i gotta go with the ravens falcons victory for me Finally, the Falcons pull it together. Yeah, I've been saying it for the last two years. It's going to happen eventually. All right, so Brandon's taking Baltimore. Rams at Lions. Oh, the Rams. Yeah, I'll take the Rams. (laughs) I'll take them. Cardinals at Packers. I'm going to take the Packers. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, I'll go with Packers, too. Packers have been playing really, really poorly. Uh... I don't know, man. It, it's it's kind of depressing to see Aaron Rodgers just not be good. Yeah. And play on a bad team. Right after he signed that contract, especially because like thirty five is still like I mean I don't like I don't think there is a prime for quarterbacks anymore, but if you're looking at like Drew Brees right now, but Yeah. He, he feels very hamstrung by his own organization. He should have left. Yep. Come to the Broncos. Exactly. Do the right thing. Uh, Browns at Texans. Ah, good game. This, yeah, this is a sneaky good game. Um, I think I gotta. I think I gotta go with the Texans though. Yeah, I'm gonna bet against the Texans last week. I was dumb. They're they're starting uh, to come not together. Not gonna do that this week. Yeah. Defense healthy. Lamar so, Jackson yeah. looked, was looking pretty good. Four seven and one would basically eliminate the Browns for all intents and purposes. I think. Ah, yes. Not mathematically, but it was nice for Browns fans to be in the hunt. Uh, for a week. <laughs> for a week. I feel, I feel good for them. I do, too. They've earned it's, it. They're four times. Yeah. They've got four. No, they've got. Yeah, yeah four times more wins. <laughs> Wait. Four, well, actually, four times. Zero times four is still zero, though. Yeah, I'm going to go back a year then. Four times one. Okay. <laughs> Colts at Jaguars. Ooh. Taking the Colts. Yeah, I got to take the Colts. They almost lost to the Dolphins. Uh, those games are going to happen. 
especially when you're on a win streak. Um, but they, they, you know, they pulled out the win, and we, we both love the Colts. We do. Now, Andrew Luck's playing as well as anybody. And, yeah, like, I think I said this earlier, but if you're talking about, like, MVP in the, the truest yeah. form of the word – he is the most valuable quarterback to his team. I Very think. valuable. More so than Mahomes or Goff or probably Very. even Breeze because they use Ooh. a lot of taste in Hill. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Bills at Dolphins. Ah, uh, shit. This turned into a tough one to pick. I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Team. Yeah, I'm taking the home team. They played well against uh, Indy on the road. Ryan Tannehill played well, too, coming back. But uh, Adam Gase, third and ten with three and a half minutes left in the game, in a tie game. Runs a draw, right? Ran a draw with Kenyon Drake instead of letting Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. What are you doing, Gase? Gase has the balls to throw it there, too. Yeah, yeah, if you got the balls to, like, do an onside kick up, like, 25 against the Broncos. Yeah. But you don't have the balls to throw the ball in third and 10 in a tie game. It's weird. Interesting. Interesting. That's all I have to say. Bears at Giants. Taking the Bears. Well, hold on. Trubisky might not be back. I don't think he's – I think it's uh, Chase Daniel again. Yeah. I might still take the Bears. You know, mm, God damn it, this is hard. Bears. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants. That's fair. Yeah, they've been playing – well, oh, you know what? No, 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 I'm taking the, I'm taking the Bears. I think, uh, I think the Giants are trying to take – they're tanking. I mean, why do you? Why else do you explain? Like they didn't give the ball to Saquon or Beckham in the second half of that game against the Eagles. Stupidity. I, th- I think they're trying tanking. to lose. I think they're trying yeah. to lose. Yeah, you might be right. So I can't really pick a team that's tanking uh, at this point in the season. That'd be Fair counter, enough. Counterintuitive. Panthers at Buccaneers. Oh fuck. Panthers keep losing, man. Yeah, I know. They're six and two. Everybody's like, ooh, watch out for don't look now. That was me. I was saying that. That, that was, was me saying I that. I think that was all of us. I think uh, that was all of us. And now they've lost three straight. Two uh very close games in their last one. Their last couple. Yeah, I'll take the Panthers even though they're on the road. The Bucks are a fucking weird team. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks are like turning things around at all. They just beat the 49ers who happen to be much worse. Yeah, so I'm taking Carolina. You're taking Carolina. Let's see what this oh, Chiefs at uh, Raiders. Chiefs at Raiders. Yeah, that's easy. Chiefs. Yeah. So, Mahomes has 36 touchdowns right now. Oh, 36 or 37? I want to say 36. The record is 55. Just for – yeah. Just to, like, make it clean, let's say he needs 20 to break the record. He has 37. Oh, shit. So he needs 18 to tie, 19 to break it. He's got five games left, correct? Yeah. You think he's going to do it? He's got the Raiders twice. So he needs three and four touchdown performances every week. Yeah. He might. I don't want him to, so 
Chiefs fans got really, really upset uh, when I retweeted that video on Twitter. Oh, yeah. That was basically pointing out what I've been saying all year, which is that. People take that shit too seriously. It's like. I know. This guy was just, like, coming after me on, like, like the night before Thanksgiving. He's like, please, don't you have better things to do? I I, I was the one who kind of started it by retweeting it, but, you know. Whatever. It's funny. Uh, I'm going to say he is going to tie it just so I think that might curse him. I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, so we're both right. Just because, <laughs> basically. Um, just because I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't. Uh, yeah. Because that would, that would look, I would look very brand, bad for my brand. That's right. For him to, to beat my baby boy, Peyton Manning's record. Anyway, Jets at Titans. Titans. Uh, okay. Sam Darnold's not playing. It doesn't look like. Doesn't matter. No, probably not. I'm taking the Titans as well. Vikings at Patriots. Ooh. Kind of a good game. Give me the Vikings in an sort of upset. I think it's an upset on the road, especially. Yeah, the big the thing that sucks for Minnesota is Andrew Sandejo uh, is on IR. Yeah, uh, he hasn't really been playing the last like six weeks though. Has he not? Um, no. It's oh, it's mostly yeah. been George Iloka, but I yeah. Ah. is pretty good. But they've always like he's been like the guy that Vikings fans have been like, well, if we can just upgrade this one position on the defense, our defense will basically be perfect. Uh and so hey, you got your wish with George Iloka. 49ers at Seahawks. I'm taking the Patriots, by the way. Okay. Patriots for you. I'll go with Seahawks here. Yeah, I mean, this feels pretty easy. Not a lot of great games this week. No. This next one is Chargers-Steelers. Yeah, this is good. Um, oh, shit. I'll pick, I'll, pick, I'll pick the Steelers. I'll take the Chargers. My problem is, like, and people are coming around on this, too, and this is something I've said uh, earlier this season, is, like, who have the Chargers really beat? No, because, their, their competition has yeah. been – Subpar at best. So they obviously kicked the Cardinals' uh, ass last week, and people are giving them a lot of credit for that win uh, after they imploded against the Broncos, which doesn't really make sense to me. Um, everybody, it's, it was the exact the same score the Broncos did against the Cardinals. Forty. Yeah. I think this game is going to be fun to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of points and touchdowns scored. Hmm. I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last. Wow. Loses. Ah. No. ah. That's kind of what happened last week for the for the Steelers. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, and the last game is – is it Eagles at Redskins or Redskins at Eagles? Redskins at Eagles. Alex Smith still hurt. The Redskins sign – Still? Really? <laughs> Redskins sign Reuben Foster after his true. second domestic violence charge. Uh, pairing him with Adrian Peterson <laughs> and their racist logo. So the Redskins don't even fucking deserve to win. Give me the Redskins. The Redskins are canceled. Guess what? They're canceled. They are canceled. Uh, Thank you. Next. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I would take the Eagles too. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Mostly yeah. Oh, Turns out the Eagles, uh, the Eagles were the only team that actually like, contacted the police to ask about Reuben Foster, like they did some like they 
they're clearly interested in him, the player, but they I don't think they were going to sign him if the situation looked like it was like really pointing in the wrong yeah. direction. And the Redskins were the ones that signed him, uh, but the Eagles were the ones that actually contacted the police to Same. ask about him. Yeah, yeah, well, because that that situation's a little bit complicated because Ruben Foster right. was uh, basically acquitted or not acquitted, but like uh, the woman said she lied about the whole situation. Yeah. So I think it's fair. I think it's perfectly fair to if you're the Eagles because he's a really good player to ask like what happened and like kind of dig. Yeah, in. I think it's fair to ask the police. Yeah, because Kyle Shanahan on like he could be like, well, I don't even, like. I'm not even looking into the next time this happens. Like, if this, like, even comes up again, like, I have to cut this guy, which I think is perfectly fair. And if you're the Eagles, it's perfectly fair to be like, well, we should look into this at least. The Redskins, they just signed him. They took him. Uh, We need help. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was arrested at the team hotel. Not great. Yeah, this is like 10 hours before the game. And the, the woman had some sort of, like, laceration or cut on her collarbone or something from it uh and since it's the second time that it's happened like you've got to assume there's something going on there so uh that's why i'm taking the eagles also because of colt mccoy yeah i think i'm taking them for the colt mccoy reason more than that but uh (laughs) and not because he's horrible just like i don't like alex smith i think was doing a lot for that team that you don't really see yeah i mean beating the giants like as much as it is just beating the giants but beating a divisional opponent usually gives you a little bit of momentum little momentum so maybe they can do it again but and they they're starting to find their running back too yeah, yeah, no, Josh Adams. Yeah, who like I watched him at Notre Dame, and I always thought like this guy's good. Like, I don't know why he went undrafted. I think he was injured or something. But I think the moral of the story is no one knows what the fuck they're doing with running backs in the draft. Yep, between Phil Lindsay, <laughs> Josh Adams. So don't even worry about it. Just take whoever you want. Just, or just wait. Or just wait until after the draft and sign just someone good. Hand off the ball. Um, and you'll yeah. be fine. Okay. Right. That's the end. You have reached the yes. end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Will's on Twitter at willkey 6 uh, Every Thursday we upload these bad boys, so subscribe on iTunes or whatever. You probably didn't, aren't you? Do it. Bye.